Hi guys, welcome back to your Prissy Fur podcast. We just want to say thank you for all your support following our last episode. I'm Saba. I'm Iman. And I'm Salma. And we have uh, Zina back as a guest this week, my sister. (laughs) Hey guys. So happy to have you back. Drum roll. Um, Good to have you back, Zines. Thanks, guys. I've never called you Zines. (laughs) We'll stop today. (laughs) Um, so I know Aman, uh, you were at the protest yesterday. And yes. I thought you could just um share with us a little bit about how that went. Um, on what that experience honest- was. Yeah, honestly, like I wasn't gonna go because obviously we're in a pandemic, and I felt like because of my line of work as well, it would be a bit socially irresponsible because obviously I'm a BAME officer. We have disproportionately large amount of BAME um, patients dealing with COVID-19, disproportionately dying from COVID-19. And I don't want to take away from the importance of the pandemic. And I just want to kind of get that on air now, like disclaimer before anyone comes and guns for me. But I just felt like if I'm going to do anything good in this lockdown that I feel like is meaningful for me and fulfilling for me, it was that. And it was the best decision I've ever made this whole year. And I'm not even joking. I don't think I've been to a protest that impactful. I think the last time I went to a protest that impactful was was Grenfell three years ago. Mm. Um, and then before that, it was a Palestine protest. And those are the only two protests I can say. In my, I go to protests quite a lot. And those are the only two protests I can say in my mum that really changed me. And yesterday was one of those moments. It was incredible like the the solidarity the sheer amount of people that were there for the same cause for the same purpose and I was able to really scream do you know what I mean not even not not scream as in like ah for no reason but as in like scream justice scream Belly Majinga scream George Floyd scream all of these names that I've been dying to scream do you know what I mean and I feel like it was it was almost it was just yeah I was just able to get so much off of my chest and I was able to speak with people who are like-minded I'm able to be around people who are fighting for the same cause like there's actually thousands of people in London who actually give a shit do you know what I mean and that was that was so beautiful to be a part of um, you know, so many people of influence who were there. John Boyega, I'm sure you guys have was have yeah, seen yeah, his yeah. his um his emotional speech that he'd done in the park before we started walking down to Parliament. The guy broke down. That was that was crazy. Do you know what I mean? And there were so many tweets for his support. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peele, the director, yeah, um, who obviously ha- who has his own studios now in Atlanta, which is incredible. Um, Star Wars has come out and support him, and which is just incredible. And and I think that it was so incredibly raw when he said that I'm on. I might not have a career after after this, yeah. but fuck yeah. it. Yeah, and. Honestly, just him saying that, I hope that God, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses him with the most elevated career after this because he actually believes in something. He is fighting for something. He is fighting for a just cause. And honestly, the most highest respect that I can give to him. So I think, think, yeah, uh, it it was like kind of playing devil's advocate because I was like oh should I go because it's a pandemic and this that and the other and this that and the other but I was like do you know what no let me just you know bite the the bullet and go and I felt anxiety as well 
because Which I feel like because I feel like this whole time and I don't want to make this about me by the way but I did feel anxiety about going out and being in crowds of that that sheer size because I haven't been out like that mm. and I haven't been around that many people so yeah. and I know so many people would have felt the same way mm. um, and I, I think as well like uh, people who um can't go out and protest uh because you know because of covid and yeah and they might live with vulnerable people they might they might be vulnerable themselves yeah. they might have anxiety they might have whatever yeah. it might be show support in ways you can so like make banners for your friends mm. if you can do that who are going out and protest you know um post on social media as you've been mm. doing signing petitions educating yourself reading up mm. uh, even if you don't like reading i can understand it can be strenuous sometimes watch something that is like relevant to the cause that mm. can help educate you further mm. have conversations um i think you know it's incredible that we're able to go protest and mm. show support and show solidarity and if you can't the, there are other ways to do so as well yeah. yeah and what i thought what i thought was absolute bullshit this morning um was i think it was just over 10 tabloids of madeline mccann on the front bearing in mind we had an Don't amazing we had, we had an amazing protest yesterday and you want to put madeline flipping yeah. mccann on the front of, of all it, the tabloids the isn't joking? it almost like obvious that they're trying to distract you with their yeah, own agenda of course. like of course. it's actually embarrassing at this point like Generally, exactly like and she and, and of course she's white. Streets. If it was a if it was a black girl that went missing thirteen years Can, ago, which a lot of black girls do go missing, oh, sorry, boys do sorry. go missing. They don't get any women in Canada. Indigenous women in Canada go missing every other day. Mm. Now, who's who's putting that? On who's talking front? about that? Yeah. yeah, indigenous women in Canada in their hundreds Listen, have people, gone missing. People go missing every day from every race, and mm. like it's always forgotten. I don't know why. You know, I don't mean to laugh. But... No, by the no, way, know, still like, getting funded know, as well. Still getting let funded. Her, let the girl rest in peace now. We all know, like, and don't get me wrong, it's a very sad story. Like, it is a really yeah. sad story. Like, I hope anyway, they find her if she's alive. Yeah. But, but why is why is that news? Yeah. Yeah. Her front headline news. But then I have to, you know, I think it was. Mm, I'm gonna guess and say the even standard. I think it wasn't wasn't until like page twelve or thirteen. That's when you had pictures of the protest. Are you joking me? Yeah. This is one of the biggest like movements, one of the biggest yeah. civil this civil rights movements in history. Center, like, yeah, it's one of the biggest civil rights movements in history. It spanned over eighteen countries across all fifty states in America, and you're telling me that that's not gonna get front page coverage? There you must been be a joking. In every state of America. Yeah. Yeah, I know. must be joking. But isn't so, it crazy how if it's not like if it's a positive thing that it all went well and you know, nothing bad happened, it doesn't make headline news. But if anything broke out and it was bad, mm -hmm. oh my god, pay, front page. Well, everyone. well, we was right outside Ten Downing Street, and there was a line of about I'm gonna say about nine or ten police officers, mm -hmm. and we were chanting like different things like justice for Belly or say his name George Floyd or we want peace or whatever. I can't remember what we were chanting at the time. One of the police officers laughed so oh, now when one of the police officers sake. laughed a boy in the front he was wearing a red sweatshirt a black boy went and, and punched him oh my god then the police officer obviously retaliated and then you got like five six policemen on this boy 
I run now and I'm I see my friend her little sister I grab her little sister and I said you better come with me now and we go all the way at the back and I said listen I don't want anyone getting hurt in this particularly people that I'm with and whatever it might be yeah and I just thought now imagine those pictures will get to the press they're gonna say that we are the aggressors that the protest is the problem when mm-hmm. actually it's the policeman that was the aggressor he's yeah. the one that was laughing yeah why are you laughing bro yeah because it's trivial to him yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a problem to him it's not yeah. affecting his life he knows yeah. this is the thing that will pass people yeah. will be angry for a few you know days mm. and then you know he gets paid for standing around there and yeah. then 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 he's gonna go back to doing his job and we're gonna go back to being quiet about this yeah that's that's the idea that most people have in their heads that mm. what's well, and that's what they want yeah and that is really what they want. To be honest, we're very, I mean, alhamdulillah, we're, we're actually, you know, this movement has actually, like, taken off quite big this time. And it's actually mm. leading to conversations that are uncomfortable, even mm. within our circles, even amongst our friends, Definitely. our family, relatives, whatever. It's actually is actually picked up, you know. Mm. But at the end of the day, we live in a capitalist society. Yeah, there's yeah. only so much that we can do unless we dismantle that all and and work towards equality in every sense mm. how far are we really going to get in in making the big changes that we want to make mm. but i, I do think Sorry, people, i think there's been a big problem with a lot of arabs that have been coming out and have been ignoring the black lives matter movement mm. and have been being like oh what about palestine mm. what about yeah that's Australia? a whole what other about, problem that's a whole about, other thing this country what about yemen what about yeah, Iraq? Yeah, yeah. what about but do you know what you have to say to them but we've been yeah we've been protesting but we've been talking about it this is what i'm saying every other day listen we've spoken about any honestly for as long as i have been active on social media actually for as long as i've been able to to speak politically to some degree yeah so i would probably say for the best part of 10 years now after almost every single piece of thing that i write i put free palestine and in the past few years it's been help yemen Last year it was help Sudan. Like I, like yeah. every single injustice that I see, even just just in the beginning of lockdown, it was what happened in Afghanistan. So I speak about injustices regularly, yeah. regularly when I see them. So yeah. when I see this movement and when I see this matter, I am going to be talking about this movement and this matter. Yeah. That is it. I think I think it's it's important to highlight that people may be doing it to kind of override the movement, which is what's annoying me. So, for example, mm-hmm. everyone's saying Black Lives Matter, and someone goes, "Hey, but what about us?" Be like, "Hold on, one moment. It's not about you right now. Exactly. You you, you know we've been with you, but it can't be as if you're trying to like." outbeat the them yeah you're trying to compare crises all around the world and, yeah. you can't do that and, yeah and my other problem is is that you know black people have been from the beginning black muslims specifically they've been there you know advocating for palestine yes they have know, been they have been they like, have been allies to the arab community now? from the from the get-go black muslims have always shown allyship exactly. to, you know to, to arabs always and not, that, and not just that like 
our racism towards black people in the Arab community is systematic yes. and it is so ingrained yeah. in our culture yes. okay, that mm-hmm. when you're overshadowing and you're saying this thing, you're building up on that, you're just piling yes. up on that shit and it gets me so angry because it's all, like, it always comes back, everyone always comes back and says what about this, what about this, no, we're focusing on this right now, something is happening, a change is happening and we're all waking up, Yes. literally my mum is sending messages in her WhatsApp groups about Black Lives Matter, this didn't happen <laughs> That's when you know it's serious when your mom gets when it's a WhatsApp group. Amina in in Iraq and uh, you know the Khalas in Iran that that wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah. And now like it, it's information is being spread, and it's so so important. So like, yeah. let this happen. Let this have its moment, and mm. like. Let Don't us bring to light what's happening. We'll be, we'll come back to Palestine. That is not going to stop. Yeah, Let's yeah. We're going to come back. To You're not going to be forgotten. But like, let this what is happening. Let it be an example of how we can change the world and how you can, for the you know, it learn from example on what we can do in the yeah. future as well. And but, and it deserves it. The Black Lives Matter. This I mean, Black Lives Matter has been around for years. But but the the amount of publicity that it's getting deserves it because yeah. exactly. the black community in every single country is the most discriminated against every single society. So therefore, it needs more. It needs a yeah. world movement. It needs this revolution. They're the world's biggest minority. They're the world exactly the most. The most. So I don't understand why people have got such a massive issue with this. I really, it's very simple. And another thing that's very simple to me is holding yourself accountable, holding the people that you know accountable, holding your family and friends accountable. Yeah. Why are people taking this like to heart? So why does it pain you to say my people are because racist? People are scared I don't understand. Why, why, are why are people so fearful of saying, no, do you know what, mom? That's and a racist thing for you to say. Listen, listen, I don't listen. get it. If, if you were uncomfortable before, fine, cool. But now everyone is talking about it. Be, like now is the time to remove yourself, to not use being uncomfortable as an excuse. Mm. Because everyone right now is in uncharted territory. We don't know to be honest. how to have these conversations. So if you like say something that you think is wrong, you're going to be schooled on it. But don't be embarrassed. Learn from it. 1000%. It. I agree with that. It's okay if you are wrong. It's fine if you have said something wrong. Learn from it though and show that you apologize and mm. just be respectful and don't take it to heart we're not tr- it's not offensive yes it's not about you it's not exactly about you. it's not it's about, about you educating yourself yeah like just take a moment and stop putting yourself in the forefront of everything like you have been doing your whole lives mm. to be honest and this goes specifically to white people get uncomfortable so what was gonna say that your, dis- your discomfort is not above the life of a human being mm. your discomfort is not above the life of an entire community and an entire race mm. get uncomfortable that's why that mom that that feeling will pass very quickly yeah. if it doesn't pass okay you have one discomfort in your whole life yeah you're sitting on a pile of privilege and blessings you're gonna be fine you're not gonna die from police brutality and you know what like the people that I've worked with in the past who are community organizers or people who, who lead movements like this or lead protests or whatever, working in, in communities to like affect change. Mm. Even the poets that I work with when I do my spoken word, our aim is always get into white spaces, make shit uncomfortable, mm. disrupt it, mm. disrupt white spaces. Because what's going to happen? What you, you remind a collective group of people about their white guilt for a minute? Yeah. Great. Mm. 
Why not? Why not? And Mind instantly, that's just that's just that's just by them looking at you, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's before you Be even there. open your mouth. Make yourself visible in these spaces. Make shit uncomfortable. Yeah, Disrupt yeah. the space. Make people question themselves. Bring up uncomfortable questions. Bring up uncomfortable conversation. Mm. Let them let them sit in that discomfort. Yeah. This is this is why I sometimes have an issue with council culture when people are like, "Oh, this person said this problematic thing. That's it. They're cancelled." I'm like, don't. Look, I understand what they said was wrong, but educate them and yeah. really make them learn. Really make them apologize and learn how to apologize and learn from their mistake and learn how to be an advocate and an ally after they've learned from their mistake rather than cancelling them and like let them show their solidarity and their support and start learning and actually making change because that person will forever become now an icon of saying that thing whatever they said was wrong and they're always going to be looked at and that people are always going to go back to see if they've learned and it will be an example to follow so i I feel like when we counsel people, yeah, okay, I understand that whole idea of counselling them, but they need to show that they've learned and they need to continue showing how they're improving and how they're showing to their followers that they're an ally. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, 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 I fully get it. No, I fully get it. And also the fact that, to add on to your point, being uncomfortable is what creates change. Like, it takes mm. so much... It takes, you don't make change when you're comfortable. Like it's when something doesn't feel right, when things start to move. So for example, this is what this movement kind of feels like. And the more people feel uncomfortable, the more people listen, the more people understand, the more can change. If you're not able to allow yourself to be uncomfortable, then nothing's going to happen. You're just going to ignore the problem and just walk away from it. And that's not what we need. Just to like expand on that. I think following the events that have like happened the last couple of weeks, there's a, there's a lot of new terminology that we've been mm. learning and i i don't know like want to bring to light some of these terms and like let this be an educational experience of sharing what we have learned and how we're continuing the conversation after the hashtags and after this social media activism that we've all like been jumping on so i just wanted to go through like sometimes that um i've learned and we've all learned and we've all come across on social media um so, guys, I'm going to throw some words at you, and I want to know if you know what they mean. Um, the first word is racial gaslighting. Uh, I don't know what that means. I think it stems from gaslighting. Um, right. And racial gaslighting is probably trying to, like, steer the attention away from that and kind of blame it almost. Yeah. So... Um, when a black person or a person of colour's person's uh, personal experiences are not validate, validated or acknowledged and they're made to feel that it's all in their head, saying things like, <gasps> really? Don't make it card, or, oh my God, can I tell you guys a story? Can I tell you guys a really quick story? It'll take two minutes. So <laughs> yesterday we was walking from Trafalgar Square up um, back home. So we went like down Oxford Street and went down Bond Street. And there was about five of us, um, one Somali, two Algerians, one Pakistani, and me, Moroccan, yeah, walking down. And we're walking down New Bond Street. And there was mm. this woman, she, she was Spanish, after because I recognised her accent. And she basically shooed with her hand. And oh, I was like, God. the fuck? What to you guys? Yeah, I was like, the fuck is this girl shooing me for? <laughs> And she was like, social distancing, social distancing. But she was shooing with her hand and she was so rude. And obviously, we're not oh stupid. God. We are educated. We understand we're in a pandemic. Tell us to move because you want your two meter space. I'm gladly I will move. 
Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I would but never, don't you dare I, but don't you dare speak to me like that. So I said to her, don't you dare use your hand to shoo me away and don't tell me to shush and don't tell me to move. And then she started shouting at me and she was like, but we're in a pandemic, we're in a pandemic. And I said, I understand that, but you don't have to be rude. You can speak mm. nicely. You can say, oh, do you mind giving me some space just mm. for two meters distance? And she just started going in and in. And I said, you're a fucking racist. What is wrong with you? Why do you feel like you have to speak? people this way and then she threw her arms in the air she was like it's all in your head you've got a complex it's all in you guys' head you've oh got a god. complex oh yeah. my god yes so yes. that is that is the racial gaslighting yes so things like if people say um if you protest uh, if you protested um say it more peacefully so people will listen to you and if they say things like what i said or did is not racist if they say racism doesn't exist anymore or if they pay- say- what about if you're playing the race card yeah if they say it was it was just a joke calm down we've all had that one before yeah i think if- like basically if you're a feminist and you understand gaslighting in the feminist context. Yes, it's you understand feminism. And somebody erases your, like, there's an erasure of, of your experience and your experience is not validated mm-hmm. and you're you're made to feel that you're going insane mm. or you're made to feel that it's all in your head. Yes. It's a psychological tactic. Like, it's, it's a really horrible, like, tactic that really uh, messes with your head, mm. being told that, you it's know... It's a complex or it's in your head You're, yeah it, literally yeah. like you you got a chip on your shoulder yeah which is a shit that i used to hear a lot mm. like why do you have a chip on your shoulder yeah it's not about that yeah yeah, yeah. So I that hear was that not as well, my intention. Yeah. Another, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one I hear is, in my opinion, I don't think they were being racist. Mm. I think this, you know, yeah. And in um, your opinion, did I ask you for your opinion? Are you my opinion, idiot? Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, have you guys had any other ones? Can you think of any other one? I think the protest peacefully one is to, is a racial gaslighting when they're like, if yeah. you protest peacefully, you they'll might listen achieve to you. something. They might, they might listen to what you. Okay, have. we're doing the best we can. They're doing. We the are best protesting they can. peacefully though. I don't understand what's not peaceful about it. Yeah, but if some <laughs> if a policeman one. is laughing at someone or abusing, you're gonna them, get jumped. Gonna stand there. You're gonna get jumped. hundred percent. And, and another one. Oh, why is <laughs> it always about race? Why is it always about race? Oh my god. Oh my god. Because it is always yeah. about race. Because yeah, because it is. Well, I mean, this time that like we've learned, I we're gonna post everything that we um. All the that's kind a of good term. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's what that Instagram meant. Page, yeah. Uh, you're pretty for a podcast. YP for podcast on Instagram. Um. So follow that, guys. Um. If you're listening, and just uh, you can learn all these terms. Another time, I'm gonna throw at you guys non-optical allyship. I really like this one. Do you guys were, um, it's a mouthful. I'm no. gonna let you translate that one. I don't. <laughs> okay. So... I feel like I might know, but I don't, but I'm just gonna say no. <laughs> okay, so it's allyship that only serves um at the surface level to perform to platform the ally. It makes a statement but doesn't go beneath Ooh, the surface. Oh, so this is the not... cloud chaser one. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> and it's not aimed at breaking away from the systems of power that oppress. 
And that is by someone called Latham Thomas. That is wonderful. That is a great. That that's a great a word. Shout out I know bare people that are doing that are doing non school yeah. allyship. Honestly, yeah. oh yeah, I posted a black box and yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah, also, yeah. it's when you call yourself an ally when yeah. you come out and go, you I'm, know, your, I'm ally. your ally, guys. It's Except me, I'm your ally. Like, there's another word that, that I think someone's going to say later that will tie into this very beautifully. And then, mm. so yeah. I didn't actually know what that meant because I know obviously I can I can tell you what allyship meant, but I didn't know what non non optical allyship meant. So I didn't know. Yeah. So the definition wow. someone just gave is for optical allyship. Oh, sorry, optical. So if you want to do like non-optical allyship, oh, fine. you sorry. have to understand what optical allyship fine, is. Fine, 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 fine. Okay, and to step okay, away okay. from that is the best the kind way, of things you would do. The best uh, way to do that is check in on your black friends, family, partners, loved ones and colleagues. Mm. This is an emotional and traumatic time for the community. And you checking in means more than you can imagine. Listen, um, and I feel like, I don't even feel like, that should even be a thing that should be said. If you've got yeah. black friends and family, you should be checking in on them regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I think re- be prepared to do the work. Read up on uh, anti-racist works as well. Mm. Avoid sharing content which is traumatic. Mm. I think that's, that's really a really important, important one. Yeah, I, I, I shared you, something you... the other day and then I deleted it about, yeah. I would say like half an hour afterwards because... I thought to myself, it was difficult for me to watch. Why the hell am I sharing this? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's hurtful. Yes, I agree. It's like... It's you triggering. know, if you're seeing, it's triggering. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, and I can hold my hand up, people, and I, there are people yeah, being abused. and I can hold like, my hand up, things. and I can say I yeah. shared it, and then I deleted it. I, 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 yeah, I had to check myself. That, and it increases, yeah. it increases the dehumanization of black the people. Thing I is, think we need to be aware of that. Yeah, and the thing is that we think that this is. I mean, like a lot of people are like good in their intentions because they think this is spreading the word, mm. and this is a way of like you think that people will be shocked into realizing. Yeah, but I think I mean until now, if you're not already shocked into realizing, and if you have then that's how it wrong. Realized, yeah, then you know there's something wrong with you, really. Yes, but it's the same as like how. Like I physically, when there's anything to do with mid- the Middle East, where the where people are like sharing content of like you know those are bombing in Iraq. Yeah, I don't like seeing it. this content. Content this video, constant video of like mothers grieving really yeah. loudly, and like I would hate to scroll through my feed and just see, see those videos yeah. of people getting bombed, people getting yes. killed. It's the same thing. Yes, like, I agree. You know, somebody 1,000%. being lynched. Yeah, you know, it's, it's dehumanizing. Yes, I agree. It's really messed up. Another another way to you know to practice non optical allyship is donate to funds and support initiatives. Um, there's loads of ways you can support. You know, from the UK, um, and we'll list uh, all of those ways as well mm. on our on my our, um my uh, friend Instagram page. My friend has a whole list, and she posted a whole list of um black owned businesses that you can like even like black owned makeup brands like stuff mm. like eyelashes and stuff like that that we would go to super drug for just little things that you can buy from black owned businesses so i'll definitely share that and put it on the mm. on our page as well so you guys can actively go through that and and see what you can buy as well instead yeah and you know we'll we'll list uh we'll list those uh terms as well. Mm. Um. Uh. Okay. 
the next one is do you guys know what nbpoc stands for non-black person of color yes, yes. <laughs> that's yeah i think we as a as non-black people of color we have to stand for like this movement just yeah. as much if not more yeah, yeah, than yeah. Than we're in a press yeah. group why would we not stand for yeah. another press group it makes no yeah, sense because like to be honest we we're not we're not in the same position as some white people where we've had like very little interaction with black people like most of us have we've people grown who up are very dear to us who are yeah, yeah. yeah friends and family yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly 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 so yeah that's an important one to know um reverse racism um okay it's ba- isn't re- okay i'm gonna guess isn't reverse racism what white people say when they think that a person of color is being racist towards them or am i wrong am i kind of on the same lines I, I want to take this one on. Please take it on. This is you, one of my favourite. Basically, reverse racism is when you call white people out on their shit and they say, well, you're being racist to me now. Mm. Like, you know, oh that's God, reverse bye. racism. Them. Mm. If I say like you know something trivial, something stupid, like oh why do white people you know um, why why can white people not dance or something like that, mm. right? Or if I say something stupid about white people, like oh my god their food is bland, why don't you wash your chicken, mm. you know that kind of thing, and somebody comes back and says well that you know that's hurtful, you know you're being racist to white people. Mm. I had to have this conversation with a group of NBPOCs, <laughs> and it really pissed me off because I was like hold on a minute. I can't be racist to you because I think people get being mean and being racist mixed up. You can be mean to Facts, somebody. You know, you you're spitting <laughs> absolute bars. Listen, I need to get a, a big boy Listen, rapper. You- I need to get a Carla because yes, you <laughs> can't mix. Yeah, you can't mix being mean and being racist. You know, you can be mean. You but can offend that's not the well. same as being racist. Yes. I can be rude to you. I can be a dickhead Disrespectful. To you. I can so I can things. sit down and be a complete dickhead to a white person. Fucking right? fuck. And, and it won't be good. You oh my not god. But that's not racist. No, but also not we're not advocating that. I'm not saying go be a dickhead to, oh, to no, a white no, no. person. <laughs> yeah. Be good to everybody. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's the message. No, but to add to that, Zina, it's also white people aren't an oppressed group, so you're not being racist. That's the point. Exactly. So in order to be racist, there has to be prejudice and there has to be power. If mm. I do not have the power to oppress you, and my prejudice is uh, is not going to last more than when you step out the front door and you step away from me, it's not it's not going to go beyond that, right? It's not going to affect your your education, your health, your housing. That is not racism. Racism is rooted in a structure. It's rooted in a structure that keeps you oppressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's racism. It's not being a dickhead. It's not being cruel or mean or evil or rude mm. is, is oppressing somebody mm. based mm. on the color of their skin and you have to have power behind that you have to have a whole system that supports yeah them. the whole mm. of the movie happens. get out yeah. yeah yeah so you can be mean to a white person of course you can but you cannot be racist to them yeah white people get that out your head there's no such thing as reverse racism babe <laughs> <laughs> well, i love how you add the babe oh. And breathe. Next one, Saba. Next one. Do you guys know what virtue signaling is? Nope. Nope. 
Okay. So that's so virtue signaling kind of ties in with what we were saying before. When the whole point of your public demonstration um, of your opinion is to signal to others how morally upstanding you are. So it's being Mm. part of a trend, jumping on a bandwagon, right? Man, it's sticking on still. This one, it can. It's like I feel it can blur a lot of the lines, like with what's been happening. So black out Tuesday. For me personally, I posted the blackout Tuesday, right? Yeah, same. And I put it on my thing, and then. I would say about like six hours later, I took it off. I deleted it because I was seeing black activists out there on the front line in America, protesters. I was seeing like loads of different people who were like, you know, from the black community who were screaming and like saying to take it down. Mm. They were saying how it started, how it came from the music industry. It did. Yeah. And really. Yeah. And a lot of stuff was coming out about it. And when I first posted it, I already felt uneasy when I was posting it, but I was like, you know what? This will show my solidarity and it will be a thing where in a couple of months when this is over and I go back on my profile, I'll remember like this stain on our society and I will see that and I will know of that day. Mm -hmm. So I'm conflicted about having it as like a remembrance thing Mm -hmm. and also... What is it actually for? Taking it off because it was just like it just became a whole thing of black boxes and what we were speaking about just kind of. But it was a bit. But wasn't it that the reason why the whole TL was flooded with black boxes is because people were hashtagging Black Lives Matter, whereas you should have hashtagged Blackout Tuesday. Because if you hashtag Black Lives Matter, it gets rid of all the posts that are trying to share information. So. Yeah, I mean, I remember I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning that day and I'd done it as soon as I woke up and then um, I had loads of stuff to do that day anyway. So actually, when I had posted it, I, many people weren't even up. So I didn't even see it that much on my timeline and it wasn't until I checked my phone later on in the day when I had the chance to and that's when I saw like, oh my God, there's a lot of stuff. Because when I initially posted it, I posted hashtag Black Lives Matter. Mm. Uh, so you changed no, it. I think and, like, then, and then the, I changed the, the hashtag. So. But this is the thing. Apparently, if you change the hashtag, yeah, can I jump I, in? If you, if you change the hashtag, you have to delete the person and then repost it again for it to not be part of that like algorithm. It's all complicated, and it's yeah. just. Can I don't I jump know. in real quick. Yes. Yeah. I think like for an instant, I I put it up, and I if anyone's seen my Instagram, it is like an empty desert. There's literally zero posts. Tumbleweed. <laughs> I just like I just I'm just cringe. I'm a cringe person, so I no, don't like post a little bit um <laughs> i just don't like posting things it's just my a me issue yeah but like i i put it up for a second and then i took it down but the when i put it up it was because i think we're all in this place where we don't know what to do it's mm. like it's like seeing somebody you love grieving and you're like yeah. what can i do yeah. to help mm. do you know how, how that's can a good I show um you? analogy and a good way yeah. of thinking of it it's like it's like that it comes from that really desperate helpless place of what can i how can i show you i love you how can i show you i'm here mm. um and like in that instant we're all sort of tempted to jump on these on these trends but i think the issue is you come back and you have to ask yourself why why am i putting this out yes. like what does that does this is this more about me saying i believe this 
Do you know, is this more about me putting out a signal to others that this is what I believe? Mm. Or is it, so, is it actually making a point? Is it actually helping others? For me, I felt like it, it came from a place of ego and it came from a place of centering myself in the, in the, in the conversation and saying, look at me, like, I, I care about you guys. Mm. When actually it's not a time for the, black people to realize that, that you I care about them. Yeah. I need to do that through my actions. Yes, I agree. So it's actually better instead of blacking out that feed where it's just black, 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 black squares to actually continue posting things that are useful and mm. beneficial mm. and to keep, people talking and keep disrupting comfortable spaces and keep bringing up th those uncomfortable conversations i agree yeah, with that i agree with that um, and you know what i like oh i don't know it's this it's i was conflicted towards the end of the day as well because i was like yeah. should i have should i have posted it should i take it off should i i didn't i didn't really know what to do when it came to that if i'm com being completely real with you and mm. the reason why i posted it was because i'm not afraid like i don't i don't have a big following and all of that stuff so i'm not really afraid to post stuff um and I mm. post injustices quite often. So I post stuff about Grenfell often. I post stuff about Sudan. That's always going to be on my profile. It will always stay on my profile. And I don't really care about aesthetics and all of that stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not really into Instagram like that, like that. So for me, I guess it was... Because, because I'm not a person... I wouldn't say I'm a person of influence. So for me, it was more of, I guess with my support. supporting my friends and family that are black as opposed to but okay. then I, but then now what you've said Zena like I don't want I don't want to put it or, or I didn't want to put it up to show that I'm supporting them do you know what I mean I didn't want to make it about me but I did want to show solidarity online because I didn't yeah. I didn't want my feed to look like oh I support all of these other courses but, I, but I'm not gonna yeah. do you know what I mean it's a really weird yeah, yeah, yeah. my so only maybe, issue my, maybe I should have put yeah. we don't maybe know. I should have put we something else up maybe I should have just put yeah but this is the yeah. thing you did put other stuff after yeah so, and, I, and know, I put and start. I put other stuff before I put I put yeah. like, yeah. mix up before and I put other stuff up before and I'll put stuff yeah. up about YP4 podcast and I've got a quotes page that talks about Bayman justices and yeah. all of that stuff anyway so I I put that stuff up and i have different outlets for that yeah so i have my quotes page our yp4 podcast page i feel like gives me more leeway to kind of just post our content if it's political that week we'll talk about that and did you mm -hmm. know what i mean and i feel like i use my stories a lot i always yeah, post up on my stories and i yeah. and i always engage politically um and i always lose followers over it like every single time really I, yeah all the time at oh, least at, like, at least like 10 to 20 followers a day at least but seems... not that I mean not that I care about that yeah, yeah. my page I'm gonna post what I want but yeah my only yeah. issue with the whole blackout Tuesday thing was I was seeing a lot of people that had been very 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 silent during this whole yeah thing. that's one thing and they I, posted it. I was like I don't understand and then, yeah that was it I feel like it was like a a, a ticket for white people to just be like okay okay shut up yeah like, like oh I've done my that was, you know that was optical allyship yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and that was virtue signaling yeah, yeah. and virtue signaling <laughs> but at the same time I think as well but then it's raising awareness I don't, I don't know it's very because it's better than nothing awareness. I think a lot of the time we hide a lot of things behind raising awareness I think 
if you're not raising awareness all year round, if you're not raising awareness even when it's not a trend, then I'm sorry, your 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 little black post, you know, is is irrelevant. It's it's virtue signaling. Mm. If if it's not a continuous thing that's happening behind the scenes, as happening in your everyday mm. life, that you don't need to share with people, mm. then it's meaningless for you to put a little black square yeah up. but at the same time you can always start you know somewhere yeah you it, it's any, say, you can always as long as you start yeah. and that's why i don't want to bash it yeah, too yeah. much even though i basically same because like, i'm very torn but i'm like as long it. as you're doing something and you're trying to improve then by all means do you but like we just need to keep yeah. this momentum going because it actually feels I'm like change talking. i'm just talking literally like, you know, we, like I would say, alhamdulillah, for like my close family and friends, you guys included, I feel like we have very similar moral compasses, political mm. compasses, and we talk about things. We care about many of the same things. And I wouldn't be close friends with a lot of people that I'm close with if I didn't feel like I shared that with them. Yeah. So, right. oh, I don't know, yeah. No, he yeah. Um, guys, next word. Oh yeah, um, microaggression. Okay, so you've all got experience. Do you guys know what that means? Um, I don't know the exact. I have an idea. Yeah, I I feel like I know what it means because I use it quite often, but I I can't give you the exact definition. But I would describe it as when someone is using microaggressive, racist words or slurs or you know phrases that are racist, but in uh, inward way i think the best way to give an example of microaggression is like let's say you're in your workplace and a person you know our title says to a black person oh you're pretty for a black yeah. girl yeah or says you know like a black a backhanded compliment that you know um sorry a backhanded compliment that is it's it's offensive yes. you know it without them then that's not their intention it's you know it's not overt but it piles up yeah and these things uh all these like little terms and all these little things you say they pile up and they create stereotypes which become problematic they create you know it creates really like hurtful language does mm. um sorry sabbat can i just ask does does like you know when people say to black women that can i touch your hair is that a microaggression of course yeah, yeah because I, I find that like so crazy that they even say these things but i can't believe it's a common thing that happens to everyone yeah. it's like it's like things that I, it does happen it doesn't mean to it be happens, offensive no but it has it, an offensive uh, connotation yeah. it is it happened on it happened on take me yeah, out I can't remember what episode it was, but there was a girl, there was a mixed race guy that came down the list yeah. and there was a white girl and he had an afro and she goes, can I touch your yeah, hair? <gasps> My! Why? Yeah. Why? I went up to, I went up to um, one of the production, one of the guys from the production team and it was a guy that I was like really good friends with. He was a black guy. He was so lovely. And I said to him, they better not air that, you know, because that is racist. Like you can't, this is a white woman saying to a black guy, oh, can I touch your hair? Are you mad? It's, I just think like, so and and so these are things we always hear in workplaces and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. I always hear that. Um, I always hear that. I think like everybody has an experience with a microaggression, but you might not have the word for it. You might not know that that's a microaggression. Like you might not have come across that term before. It's that I would describe mm. it as that when somebody says something and you have that niggling feeling inside mm. you that this is wrong, yeah. but you don't know why it's yes. wrong. Yes. 
but you don't know yeah. why it's wrong. You can experience that as a woman as well, but like in terms of race, it's like when somebody says to me, like, oh my god, your English is really good, and I'm like, yes, bitch. yeah, oh my god, I've had, I've had that at work. Yeah, I've had that work. Oh, your English is really good. Well, I mean, I was born here, my mum was born here, so I would expect it yeah. to be good. <laughs> Surprised you know what I mean? Wasn't. I usually come back. I would be with, surprised if it wasn't. Hear me in my other two languages. <laughs> Zina's like, one. I came here to check you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good um, one. That is a really good one. Word, do you guys know what white fragility is? Um, yeah, well, uh, one sec, let me think about it. White fragility is when white people feel uncomfortable when you bring up anything to do that's with race it. and yeah. they feel as though, like, even when you do bring it up, it's almost like you have to, you have to walk on mm, eggshells exactly. when you're talking about race in front of them, and you can't talk as openly about your experiences and what you've been through because you're scared. And also, I don't know if this ties in with white fragility, but what is it when white people feel as though they have the right to not talk about it? Does that also go under white I fragility? I think, I, yeah, I guess that goes into more white privilege. Um, yeah 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 I mean, sorry if a, if a white yeah. person is offended by calling them out on a microaggression then that goes into white, white fragility. fragility so it's the dif- mm. discomfort and defensiveness of white people when confronted with uncomfortation about race it says white feelings matter more yes, than black okay. lives yes okay got it so it's more like to keep the peace than talk yeah. about the issue at hand but like to be like it's, oh, not, it's all right it's not, you know like, you're fine white fragility is not centered around the person who is making the white person uncomfortable it's centered around the the white person feeling very fragile or feeling really like offended or butthurt or upset when they're confronted with like something that makes them uncomfortable so it's it's like with male fragility Mm. if if a man says not all men and gets really upset when you confront them about Thing, you would call that okay. male yeah, okay, okay. with white people it's when they say okay. not all white people or I didn't personally enslave anyone why am I having to feel white guilt yeah. why am I having to have this conversation with you it was my great great fragility and yeah. not me I feel like in this context of Black Lives Matter yeah. there is like white fragility with Arabs right now of being like yeah. not all Arabs we're not all racist like racism doesn't exist really... in the Arab oh, world. Oh, there's one yeah. thousand percent exists in the Arab world. Exists in the Middle Eastern, Eastern world, mm. in the North African. Honestly, community. honestly, honestly, one Rampant. of the worst. I'm not gonna lie to you, because and the reason why I say one of the worst is because they don't even have mm. shame of trying to hide it. Yeah. That's this why it's one of the worst. Yeah. Where I yeah. Run. <laughs> where I oh, that oh, is God. a separate same, episode, same. and this is. And this is what I was saying. I feel like there's so many people from the MENA community that are so afraid to hold their people accountable, to say, yes, my people are racist. They have done this and this is wrong. This is I don't understand why it's very difficult for them to speak up about this. No, but you know what even angers me even more than that, the other level, is the people... Oh, my God. Because you guys have seen the blackface, right? The oh, Arab girls yeah. putting on the makeup with yeah. the blackface, right? I thought, I thought we were going to get onto that a bit later. No, you know but, yeah, what? We, feel, I, we can start that. <laughs> We c- so go for it, babe. No, we can because, start that. No, because literally, it's just it's another level because there's already the systematic racism within the Arab community, right? Mm-hmm. But then you 
pretending doing that what we defined as you know that selfish ego boost we're like i'm with you woohoo and then you go ahead and you put blackface on your face and then you're like and you're just crazy i know and then you're pissed off at all the comments saying hey you shouldn't do this you should read up on the history and then on top of that she goes i don't want to learn about the history i want to talk about now who said that about the future the present oh my god i really can't what that was she said no 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 no. amen she literally she literally was responding on her own story on her own no (laughs) one put a gun to her head she did this herself she decided to go on her story and she literally said listen guys i'm not arabs we're not racist i just want to talk about now i don't talk about the past i want to talk about like what's happening now and i'm with you you know and i'm just like what are you talking about we don't we don't have this problem in the arab world I'm like, the why you why you shut man, just oh my god, stop talking. Honestly, shut your mouth. Literally, there you go. That's yeah, and yeah. it's and it's Wait, privilege it was, because well, she, you look Algerian, white. That there was that Algerian girl, yeah. right? Am I mistaken? She was Algerian, right? I think yeah, one you've done one. like, yeah, she's done like a squiggly right. line in the, the half, of her face. Half her face. Yeah. yeah so she so she Black so face. one half of her face was very That's like foundation that was way too white well no one one supply was foundation yeah, that was way too white she put colored contact lenses in and then yeah like blue contact lenses and then the other side was complete blackface i'm i feel like she changed her hair as well maybe she wore hijab i'm not sure maybe i'm maybe i'm mixing it up yeah, I'm mixing up with someone else because someone else photoshopped oh herself God. into blackface with an afro, but that's another one. So the so the Algerian one, she her um oh I should have I should have screenshotted the thing because I don't remember her her app, but she um the quote was the race real racists are the ones I mean, with I the saw, real black heart. And I thought like- I thought I exactly first and foremost don't you ever (laughs) ever in your whole life and I'm telling everyone now who this is this associate blackness with like that's something that's not good or evil I hate it when people say oh you've got a pure white heart but you're but not a black evil heart what the fuck does that mean do you understand so first and foremost remove that from your terminology yeah because my favorite color is black black clothes are the best so don't even associate the color black with some kind of association don't go into that territory that's first and foremost secondly don't ever in your life think that you can comment oh the real racists are the one with the black heart with a black heart and then hashtag black lives matter with regards to a black lives matter movement are you are you dumb are you dumb but that's the thing on top of this yeah, she's so ignorant and she's so like oblivious to her ignorance. She's literally saying to them, I don't want to learn. She's like literally going, You're the problem, not me. And yeah. everyone's calling her out. And she had to literally yeah. disable her comments because she wasn't and, having it. And there was another one, I think that she was oh, she's Arab. She wasn't North African, but I can't remember where she was from. I'm gonna have to find her. She basically photoshopped her face onto another woman, I believe, to another black woman. Her obviously her skin was like blackface, like she had photoshopped it onto a black woman, afro, and she the comments was um 
for today I wish that I was a black person today I I stand and I'm thinking oh my god so then I commented so then I commented and then I was like I commented quite a few times actually and I was like you need to remove this now you need to educate yourself now you need to remove this now yeah and then she must have put up a, a comment on that same post and was like um I'm sorry, but I'm not going to remove this post. Mm. Like, basically wow. saying I said what I said. Oh I can't believe it. And the thing is, these people have a lot of followers in mm. the Arab community. Mm. And I can't read or write Arabic properly. But all I'm seeing is a lot of Arabic speakers, you know, commenting in Arabic and loads of, like, clapping hands. And so, obviously, they're, they're, they're commenting, they're commenting Supporting, in, in yeah. support. And it's just like... Like I can't believe you're using this platform and and you the, know the posting stuff in this way and people are actually taking this and thinking it's okay and then you're out here when people are checking you for your for it you're out here saying no I don't want to be checked for it and I'm not going to change it and I don't care bear in mind yeah, people that are checking you are thing. black you and you're like, saying no really shitty yeah. Egyptian comedy and films. There was this really rubbish one that I watched with my parents one time, mm. and it was like really slapstick, really like lazy, stupid comedy. And there's there's all there was this bit where they were like the Egyptian, bear in mind. They were like, "Come on, guys, let's go on a trip to Africa." Mm. And I was like, they, "What? You're gonna you're gonna go on a trip to your front door?" Oh, I feel like, like I've seen this. You know, are you going? Are you gonna go next door? To Literally, you are in Africa. Go on yeah. a trip to Africa. And then they drive mm, in this mm, like mm, jeep, mm, so it's like very safari looking. And they go to this like deserted, like desert <laughs> kind of place with like these wooden huts. And then these women with blackface come out, and they're like talking in like broken Arabic. I'm like, bitch, you don't know Sudan, oh, you don't know Mauritania. They're Arab and they're black. They 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 speak Arabic. Why are you putting on an accent? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Listen, and I've said this before, Sudanese speak the some of the best the Arabic of Saudi Arabia in the whole entire world. It's the best proper like, Arabic. If, if we're talking, like, technically Sudan. speaking, even though Somalia has its own culture and its own language, it's considered as part of the Arab world. It's considered as part of... They're, they're considered... Mm. It is. Not, not mm. by it is. all yeah, it is. You know, 100%. Scholars, but some, some do believe that, you know... That they're Arab. Uh, I don't know. How, they like, are part of the Arab world. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, that's not for me to say. But like, you, you even within Egypt, where Egypt borders with Sudan, the Nubian community is black and is Arab and is Egyptian and is Sudanese. How like how are you how are you yeah. doing yeah. this and not realizing that you're taking the piss out of your own people? to be so stupid to not know your own geography yeah. that you're and the one on the continent that you're taking a piss out of and you're going on holiday literally you're in africa the same place you're in like yeah yeah and the one word that always comes to my head when i see all of yeah. this is just unnecessary like you did not need to do all oh you did not need to go out and buy a foundation that was that dark and put it on like, your face and be like i'm like with you just just that, like, write a caption putting on that contact lens on the side of your like there was no moment where she just stopped and was like wait hold up a second is this okay is what i'm doing not even like a little bit cringe or embarrassing even forget racist like i don't understand yeah. i actually don't understand is there no one around mm. her who saw the problem yeah. in doing that 
No. I was like, what are you doing? Why are and you even if you hurt one clearly not. Up, surely you'd put, take it off. She still has it up. Because she thinks she did a great thing. But also, it's bringing her... Yeah, the that's the craziest so why thing. She, why wouldn't she keep it up? It's not like she cares. Yeah, it's not like she actually cares so yeah, about, so is she clout about chasing? people or about change or about anything. Do you guys know what Eurocentrism is? Uh, relating to Europe? Yeah. Yeah. So mm. No, I don't, I don't know the exact definition. So how Same. everything's centred around European standards and European... Oh my God, yeah, of course, like Eurocentric features or... Euro- yeah, okay, beauty right. standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, how basically our history lessons in school were all Eurocentric mm. um, okay. and how a lot of, like, the education that we've been learning, it, it's, you know, catered for... Uh, Europe is showing it in a positive light and not bringing mm-hmm. up colonization in the way that it was accurately, um, you know, represented. Mm. So, yeah, like whitewashing history. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, next one, do you guys know what white passing is? I'm assuming it's someone, someone who, who passed for white. white. Yeah. 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 So it's just essentially um, being a person who's, you know, a POC, I guess. Um, is the best example and passing as a white person and be you know uh, gaining privilege because of that so yeah. I feel like that's really prevalent in the in the Arab community because yeah. like if yeah. you're like Lebanese or like you're from certain parts of Iraq or Syrian yeah. even Palestinian like some parts Shani, of North Africa as well some parts yeah. of me me yeah 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 I literally yeah. every country I go to especially the southern U- European parts literally all think I'm them like yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, to yeah. Spain yeah yeah I, look, I go to Spain and all the airport people speak to me in Spanish I'm like I'm sorry nada I don't know how to speak your language <laughs> nada I go to Italy, I go to Greece, I go to Turkey. And I know this is um, moving along the point, but I actually realized recently this ties into the Black Lives Matter thing. So I'm sure you guys have done this because we're all women. Whenever you want to travel to somewhere, I know I do this. I always double check if it's safe as a a girl to go there. Yeah. And And the black community have to check. Yeah, they have to check if it's racist. So Mm. I... I think, as a general statement, potentially, that white men just have no idea that this is our norm, like that women go and have to check, is this country safe for me to go to alone and with only girlfriends? Okay. And the same for black people. They have to be like, is this safe for me? And imagine a black woman. Exactly. Yeah. Being a black Muslim woman. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the worst of the worst because you literally, like, imagine how unsafe you must feel in certain locations because you'll be like, oh my God, I'm, everything is going against me. My gender is going against me. My my race is going, like, it's insane. Yeah my religion yeah it's crazy mm. Mm. no you're you're completely right mm. yeah. um, i was i was sorry to cut you i was um watching a really incredible video today it's literally it was it's on igtv it's an hour long when i saw it was an hour i was like oh really i swear to god within two minutes my notepad came out and i was writing notes and notes on it and it was a girl <laughs> called Wefet, and she oh, yeah, is moroccan she's and she's got she's got two retreats one in jamaica one in morocco that she does which is uh, they're incredible like spiritual retreats there's she's got like women only retreats as well which is just amazing um and she kind of she was starting you know they were talking about metaphysical racism and she was like you know whenever she travels people you know assume that she's white because she's white passing 
but then when she says that she's Muslim, she they she she can sense that she goes down in the hierarchy a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just it's just funny. Okay, guys, can I throw in a word and see if you mm-hmm. know? Of course. Yeah, um, have, what was the term? Have you heard of the term meritocracy myth? No. No. Okay. I, I literally have no idea what that means. You're going to recognise it as soon as I start explaining it. So meritocracy myth is the myth that you can achieve anything through because we have meritocracy in our society. Meritocracy is where, mm-hmm. like... Um, your your value is based on your merit so you can work hard and become anything go ahead, you know? go ahead. Like your society um rewards you for your hard work and everything you can gain just through hard work the capitalism in a oh. sense so that's a myth basically okay. if you're if if you're like born into a certain family with a certain skin color and a certain faith and into a certain home mm. your your start in life is going to be completely different to somebody who's on the opposite side of that spectrum yeah it's a myth so uh, the idea that you can just work your way up to success of course you, know, you can't people like <laughs> richard branson who say i'm a self-made millionaire that time really pisses me off because mm. you're not a self-made millionaire. You were born into so much privilege and mm. that gave you a, a leg up, you know, compared to everybody else who's trying to get to where you are. Like, some, a... it, you know, you know, that phrase that people say, you know, that black, black people say and POC people say that um, you have to work twice as hard to get half of what they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That, shatters the whole myth of meritocracy mm. that we live in a yeah. society that you know there's that there's that video i'm sure you guys have seen it because it circulated around a few years ago and i know you're talking again. about the um video of the guy and he's got a group of young people who are um basically at the start of the oh, race yeah, yeah, he yeah, says yeah. yeah he says stay at the line um if i read some of these statements then they're true um, or sorry if they're false sorry I can't remember if it was true or false but basically the statements were like you know uh, take two steps forward if you've grown up with both your parents in your house yeah. take two steps forward yeah, if you've never had to worry about bills mm. take two steps forward if you've had your own room take two and all of these kind of like economic and and social disparities between people of colour particularly young black people um, in comparison to their white counterparts and yeah, you know, when he finally says go to continue on the race, a lot of the black boys are in the back. The white boys yeah. anyway. And and it's so funny because it's like one of the things that he said was take two steps forward if you've been recognized for something other than your physical ability within sports mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just like it's it very, 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 very powerful. Do you know, funnily enough, yeah. so, um, it reminds me funnily of enough, my friend had that uh, experiment. Uh, done in her uni and she had no oh, wow. idea it was like that she's like that changed my perspective completely so it shows that maybe it, it's so yeah it's not ignorant it's it's ignorance but it's that you need to make them aware like you, you need to make sure that like you said Zena, this doesn't exist this whole thing of we're all on the same level because we're not yeah yeah. Not, yeah and it's also yeah. i think americans also call it bootstrap myth because it's this idea of pull yourself up by the bootstraps and like get to work and you'll get there you know yeah and it Mm. almost is victim blaming it's almost putting the onus on the person who 
has faced a lot of um, hardship. Sort of hardship and and has been put, kept down by the system or has started from a very low place in life and has had to work their way up. It almost puts the mm. onus on them and says, actually, there's nothing stopping you. You're stopping yourself. That kind of yeah. rhetoric. Of, and no one stands in your way except for you. It's BS. And I think, like, mm. there are white people out there who are going to, you know, argue this point and be like, yeah, but I woke I wo- you know, I was born in a low-income household, and mm. I, I've struggled. And yeah, what but about race me? isn't one of those things this? that makes and, it harder. And I just want to say, so. like, yeah, you know, if you're a girl or a guy, and you went and you got scrubbed up, and you looked good, and you were given a bit of money, and you went into the, you know, the simplest we're example I can give you is like you go into a designer store, right, and you know you won't be questioned yeah you nothing mm. will happen to you it, it, you're not seen as a threat you're not yeah. seen in any kind of um, like you can have struggle like struggle is it's not like unique to poc or or black people struggle is it can happen to anybody you can have struggle you can have the worst life you can be a white person and have struggle that you, however it just means however, that your skin color is yeah. not one yeah, of those yeah. things making it worse it's and not your skin one of color, those things and your skin color is not one of those things that you have to deal with on top of those yeah. struggles yeah. and that's what people need to understand because Pete, you can be of color you can be black and you can have, you know, you can come from a very wealthy background. You can come from an amazing upbringing. You can come from a home with two parents. You can come from a home with not only just your own room, but, but your own quarter, your own house, like literally spoon fed life, your own personal tutor, everything. And you can still be subject to systematic yeah, yeah. racism. And to add on to that. Because of your skin colour. And, and that's what people are not understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And to add on to that is... Say you even reach the top, you have to keep justifying how you got there because so many people will be like, how did you get here? Like, I know it's it's a Mm -hmm. tall tale again and again, but for example, Oprah, who went into Hermes and wants to buy Mm -hmm. Birkin, I think it was in Switzerland, or I can't remember what country. And the guy, the sales assistant, because of you know his ideology that you know someone of color cannot be in such a position to get a Birkin said you can't afford this madam and he literally said that to her face and she had to be like excuse me uh there was yeah there yeah 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 it's also when you make it into like a good university like Cambridge or Oxford or in America like Harvard or Yale and they say oh were you the you know minority quota did you get in through the minority quota and it almost diminishes all your hard work That's another microaggression. So it's a constant <laughs> battle for them. They never get to rest. It's an uphill battle for the rest of their lives because of this mm. whole ideology that, oh, you can't be here. Like, how did you get here? Mm. So I'll throw another one yeah. at you guys. Let me test you. Zina's taking <laughs> I'm taking over. <laughs> um, have you heard of the phrase uh, model minority? No. Um, oh, wait. Yes. The, okay. Isn't isn't we kind of touched upon this the other day? Mm-hmm. Um, so model minority, uh, I think it's usually applied to South Asians, and uh, yeah. well, I, actually, I might be generalizing there, but in my mind, yeah. what I would see is um, as usually South Asians who are like they're a minority, but it's they've 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 been accepted by white people, but. Okay, no, I'm yeah, gonna no, say you're, that. Yeah, no, you touched on it. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna there. say I thought it was 
you having to be the best of the best in your like yeah. kind of minority to like be like I have to get an A star yeah. to be a doctor and stuff like that. But I, I think it goes further. I I would I I mean in the case in in the UK's case, I would bring up Pretty Patel as a perfect example of what I would assume a model minority person would yeah. look yeah, like. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, trying to adjust yourself so you can please white people you when are, you're from a minority yeah, yeah. so i think that's in, what I... in in america um asians are considered um the model minority because they almost you know they they're not very i guess that they they're not very appearing in their activism or they are considered to be law-abiding hard-working and you know they they fit in they're assimilated they have anglicized names and i uh. find model minority as a as a way of um and by the way I'm, when i'm saying asians i mean east asians whereas here we have south asians and we just we just say asian but um i think it, it's this way of pitting minorities against black people um it's this mm. way of saying to black people well why can't you be like this this is the perfect minority this is the because perfect immigrant yeah this is the perfect mm. immigrant they they follow the laws they do what we do and they go with it obviously this is not even true for the for the like for the asian minority in america or here because they face their own struggles and they face their own like forms of racism and it's almost an erasure of their history as well mm -hmm. but it's mm. almost a way of like pitting minorities against each other of why can't you be like this why can't you be yeah perfect yeah in this way and the Asian community, bear in mind, when we're talking about, I mean, it's, it's a whole other topic. When we talk about the Asian community, like the colonization in Asia is just a whole different, you know, deep history. And you've got to remember, Asians have been particularly in the UK. They've been here for, for a long time. There's, there's a few generations, you know, you find some Asians family that like fourth, fifth, sometimes even sixth generation. Mm. That's how far they go in terms of history. Yeah, who even so, fought in World War One and Two. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and they've done so much for our society. So when it, when it comes to, you know, people or white people using them as an example of oh yeah you need to be like Asians and, and it's kind of like they don't realize that they are using microaggressions in different terms to you know put this massive stigma on the Asian community and completely downplay their struggles as well because they because they're not white passing so it's just this constant kind of battle between here and here and here and here and it's yeah that's a good that's a good phrase it's a good one to keep in mind and like mm. um it basically like the problem is when we fall victim to that I idea to that way of thinking when our minds mm. are so colonized and we haven't worked on ourselves to decolonize our thinking and we mm. start to believe that we are the model minority and the other minority can be like us and why don't mm. us why don't they try to assimilate the way that we have and we don't yeah. recognize their unique set of um you know uh, barriers that they face their unique set of discrimination that is different to the discrimination that we face and i think like yeah you know anti-blackness is very unique to the black community the rest of us don't face anti-blackness because we're not black mm. 
Yeah. That, like we can face discrimination, but that is a very specific discrimination towards the black community that yeah. that is beyond just racism and, that we would and, face. And this is what I'm saying is that anti-blackness is in every community in the whole world. Yeah. There are elements of anti-blackness. And in every and country. even in in Africa, it's more colorism than it is anti-blackness, but it's you know prevalent everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And colorism in itself and casteism is anti-blackness. Is, is yeah. part of the yeah. the colonial legacy, yeah. and it is anti-blackness. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy how yeah. it can be so embedded in society. Like it becomes just normal that it, they're just not looked at as. I know I'm just going off topic, but like there was this experiment that always just doesn't sit right with me. It was a bunch of little girls and children, actually boys as well. I don't know if you've ever seen this, where there's two different dolls. of One's a white one, one's a black one. Have you ever seen this, guys? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they sit these kids down, and I'm talking from the ages of six to maybe 11, and they tell them random questions. Say, you know, answer these. And they go, which one out of the white doll and the black doll, which one's a good one? And they all point to the mm. white one. And then they go, okay, Whoa. which one's the bad one? And then most of them will point to the black one. Or they'll be like, which one's the pretty one? And then most of them will point to the white one. And it's just kids just answering. You know, they're the most innocent things in the world. They're just literally just going off what you're saying. But it's what yeah. they and see. Then, they, they see this. Yeah. Their minds yeah. are sponges. So just, you know, regurgitating. And right at yeah. the end, my heart breaks. Because I, I saw these black girls in the video. And they literally go, which one do you look like? And then you can see her looking yeah. at the doll. And then going, I look like this one. And then you can see that kind of heartbreak, mm-hmm. like realizing that they're not the good one. They're not the pretty one. They're not the, and it's like this constant thing. These yeah. stereotypes. And, and it annoys me when people are like, oh yeah, no, kids aren't racist and da da da. Well, they're learning. Yeah, they're being taught this. These, these, they're being taught exactly. this without them even yeah. realizing. Even their parents, I'm not saying that they're learning it from their parents, but they're learning it from our tv yeah. so that's why you've got to be so careful yeah. with what you show your children and what you show them on youtube and what kind of even even down to like makeup brands and stuff if you bring home makeup stuff and you only see a white woman on the cover and not a black woman they might associate makeup only with yeah. white women and like it's just it's a it's just a constant yeah. battle that that I, I mean i honestly i'm not a parent i know you guys aren't either and i just take my hats off to anyone who is a parent in this day and age where you've got increased amount of social media tv exposure all of that type of thing it's really difficult that's why i think a child is never too young for you to to talk to them about race yeah like Mm. it really i I don't understand the the confusion and the like apprehension that white people have about how do i talk to my child about race it's like yeah, like you gotta read a book you like, gotta read a book from, to from when they're two race. years old start telling them like no this you know slavery was a thing and this is what happened and it was really bad that and now some a, people are treated badly there's a statistic of, of when you're three years old that's when you start um differentiating be- between black people and white people and like people of color like you start to see race basically and you start putting a standard on them as well of what you prefer and what you don't prefer and you put like a class on them yeah the simplest thing you can do- don't just have magazines of white women around don't just praise 100%. whiteness don't do that just 
all the time if you see blackness around you praise it bring it up make it you know yes. bring bring it into your home decolonize your, your beauty standards like, yeah 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 but it's really not difficult i don't understand why people are writing books and they're like doing lectures on how do i bring up race with my kids just just talk to just them about literally. everything else it's a complicated topic but it's one that you're able to have and you should have yeah, with your children necessary yeah. to society yeah um the next the next thing i want to bring up is a do you guys know what aave stands for i ain't got a clue no idea um you guys use this a lot as well african african-american vernacular english the way black people speak oh, okay. uh, vocab, their slang. it's we all appropriate it mm-hmm. and in uh you know a lot of the time it's dismissed as less intelligent uh when it's you know it's their culture it's just Mr. Slang. Yeah. It's yeah. Or like class is ghetto. Exactly. Exactly. When actually, you know, oh. it's built up. What, say that again. What's it stand for? African-American African American Vernacular English. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, you know, those phrases that we use interchangeably and like we... we When people say wagwan, wagwan if they're saying hello. Like, or people, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we hear we hear that all the time, and it's like. But by sorry, but by African American, are you saying we're like when we do like American accents? Is that what you mean, or is it anything? No, it's not like when we just do an American accent. American accent is an American accent, but it's like that. The the kind of accent that is very specific to the African. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like phrases that are not. But what is that though? I would. I would. I would. You know, like. Things like when somebody says, "Oh no, child!" Like you know, these are not or period yeah, or, or period or whatever. Yeah. You know, like these things that they're, they're they're very specific to the African American community, mm. and it's almost like mm-hmm. when it's used outside of that community, it's sometimes can be used in a way that's mocking. Uh, gay white men use it a lot. Of yeah, time. the like I feel like it's it, you know in movies it's represented as the sassy black friend. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 uh, and and I just always—it's uh, always like portrayed as a less intelligent way of speaking, or it's portrayed as um like a like a lesser way of speaking. Like it—it it, it doesn't being able to speak in AAVE or using AAVE vocab doesn't reduce your level of intelligence. That's our colonized minds, and that's our racist yeah. minds and our biases that link that vocab but because i would say because for me i would say like when it comes to ave like i'm not gonna i don't know all african-american obviously terminology but i can i would say that i would i'm quite well versed in terms of the london Mm. culture and i say london culture specifically i don't mean uk i actually only mean london (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah um and you know i didn't grow up in million pounds houses with loads of white neighbors and I went to very very white schools but the people around me were we was all cultured do you know what I mean so all my friends were either Jamaican or Asian Moroccan Somali Sudanese Eritrean so that's what I was around so growing up you have this kind of subculture where you I mean yeah I guess I would just call it slang but where... this is also very like specific to African Americans. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't translate that well. There must be. A, there must, there be, must a... be. Yeah, because in Britain, yeah, there must also, be a in here. There are times that like 
I mean, because we grew up in working class areas and we grew up with with black friends, we grew up in that community, um, we will have adopted a lot of that slang. Mm -hmm. But that slang is representative of, you know, um, of language and dialect that was lost throughout the years. And and a lot of that... The time uh, of, like, you know, the time... A lot of that, a lot of... A lot of our culture here comes actually from jamaicans because so we have a lot of patois yeah yeah we have a lot of patois yeah. so in terms yeah. of in terms of our british equivalent of yeah. aave in the same way and i know we've said this before on on our north africa episodes um and the same way when you go to france you've got a lot of derija exactly. which is for anyone who don't know derija derija is the um like moroccan dialect of arabic mm-hmm. a lot of people speak derija who aren't moroccan yeah, yeah, and like we'll say we'll, we'll say wish uh, we'll say alash alash awili awili Allah. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like they'll say a lot of Derija phrases. They'll call so in in Derija shoes of subbat and slang for shoes of subbat. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just little things like that. So I guess that's you know, also the quickly adding French A V equivalent. J- just for anyone who, I mean, that's the, the that's the yeah. comparison. That make, that's the comparison how, that makes sense for me. It yeah, just reiterates how we like use so much of that in our culture that it, it's just kind of goes over our head and mm. we don't know like where it comes from mm. i think it's Whereas, more like, used in a humorous sense as well i think most yeah, of the time the I, but i think i think i think people like us though who i mean and i can speak for us because i actually know you guys people like us who have grown up in certain areas and grown up with certain people we don't say it with malice mm. and we i feel like i feel like as long as it's not degrading yeah. words like stuff like the n-word which is extremes which will never no be one used, should use that and never have used them no. yeah never have I'm, I'm not talking obviously degrading right? i'm talking about cultural yeah. stuff um when it comes to like slang for example i feel like those terms you know we have said because of the communities that we have been brought up in and we say that in households in black households yeah around us does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah, it's become part but of I, like london slang you know yeah, yeah like I, 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 don't, I don't but do you know when it for me when it's problematic is when like mm. a privileged white boy from like you know yeah and in chelsea you. comes yes. and like then copies the vernacular of south london black youth because they're mimicking it it's not yeah. just that it's appropriation yeah because you don't know the yeah. context yeah, 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 of, that, yeah. of that vernacular yeah 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 i agree they think it like gives them makes them look hard yeah or it gives them some sort mm, of street mm, cred mm, mm. no you don't you don't get to you don't get to appropriate that that's not for you that's something that was created by this community for this community it's not for you yes. to just come and pick it up it's the worst form of stealing to 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 steal somebody's yeah. language the language that they use yeah. to express their very specific experiences and their very yeah. specific you know culture to then use that in a way that's like light-hearted and it happens a lot yeah, in the entertainment industry and it's disgusting it happens a lot like a lot mm. of white people use aave in american movies to to joke to take them yeah they do they do in every single comedy. Uh, but yeah. they, what they don't realize is that when black people are applying, African American people specifically, when they're applying for jobs and stuff, you know, they have to remove their AAVE. Yeah, they have, have to put mm-hmm. on a white voice. voice. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. which is essentially a white voice. And it's like, yeah. that's when it's like, you can't, when white people pick up and, uh, you know, appropriate these things, these are the 
things that they don't think about these are the things that they don't realize how wrong it is to do that mm-hmm. yeah it's true fun fact we were gonna call anyone listen we were gonna call your pretty for podcast telephone voice <laughs> yes yeah, based on that the, yeah based on that exact definition literally okay um, I'll throw, yeah i'll throw something in there that's quite related to this have you guys heard of tone policing oh hold on uh, I'm, I, wait let me guess Go on. um just is it like uh, not shouting? Policing your tone. Yeah. Or maybe or may or maybe associating associating a tone with a particular race or Is it changing I don't your know. tone to sound more like less aggressive or like less Yeah. So then what does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You hit it on the head somewhere. Yeah, so tone policing is when you basically sort of police the way that you speak. Um when you're criticizing someone or criticizing a person um or like not when you're criticizing someone or it's basically when you're policed on the on the way that you speak or the way that you express your emotions um and it's a tactic to sort of stop a debate right so it's like men do that to me all the time men will do that to women a lot but it happens i mean i mean yeah yeah obviously i'm not yeah i'm not taking away very quickly yeah if you call somebody aggressive or you tell them not to be angry or even the angry black woman yeah so if you're if if a black person is like expressing how they feel their their like frustration or you know they're they're basically saying i have had to work this hard and i'm facing this and i'm scared and this is unfair this is unjust and they're getting really like you know worked up or really passionate about what they're saying Somebody can really mm. shut down that argument very quickly by saying, whoa, like, why are you getting angry for? I think it happens as well when, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if someone is, like, celebrating and is really happy as well and it's, like, l- particularly loud or, you know, it, it, they can be like, yeah. oh, relax, like, why are you doing too much? much? Yeah, but it's specifically an anti-debate t- yeah, tactic yeah, yeah. that's, right. like, based on criticising someone for expressing their emotions. Yeah. It's a, it's a specific mm. way of shutting down conversation, it's shutting down, you know, an uncomfortable debate. Do you know what's an interesting thing as well that I just realised? So in terms of the the black woman, she has to work the hardest because she is a black woman. And I feel like the stereotype of the angry black woman works so well in like keeping her quiet. So whenever mm. they have issues, yeah. like, because, you know, they, they have, it's, you know, the black rights movement is clear to that. And I feel like yeah. that they work so hard to kind of control the tone, like you're saying, because even if they feel all that rage and they just want to like vent out and be like, have a cathartic moment, they're risking that stereotype to be hit in the face and being like, everything yeah. said doesn't ma- matter because you're an angry black woman, you need to shush. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, so it's like it's like the perfect stereotype to keep them like worried about what they're gonna say or how they're gonna say it because anytime it can be thrown in their face. I actually hate that shit so much because I hear it. It is a silencing tactic, and I've got a lot of friends who have experienced this, and it's honestly, I just yeah, but and 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 it's and the reason why I'm sick and tired of this shit is because this happens to me from men and from, from, from white people to me. So let alone when it happens to my mm. black friends, my, my black female friends. I mean, to be honest, it's just, yeah. yeah sorry. Mom, yeah. Go ahead. 
No, no, no. Go I was on, just going to say, to be honest, a lot of the terms that we've used today, things like oh, white fragility, white passing, privilege, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, if you are what if you are listening to this as a as a white feminist woman, you will come you will have come across these terms in in the feminist conversation. And you'll be very familiar mm. with these terms. Mm. So it would be ridiculous to suggest that you don't understand them in this context. Because mm. it's basically the same. If you have faced, you know, um, term policing from men, you will understand that black people get faced term policing yeah. from white people. If you have faced um, male fragility, trying to erase your experiences, or white trying to, trying man to man -splain. mansplain to you, white splaining is also a thing that happens to, to black people and brown people. If you've experienced yeah. gaslighting in a relationship situation or from a man, then you will understand racial gaslighting. Mm. It's really simple. It's just you you have to you have to just tap into empathy basically and realize yeah. that the oppression that you feel, somebody else feels it on another level for something that you don't have to you don't have to experience. And I think that the reason why this episode I feel like is so important to go through all of these terms is because I think that I thought a lot about how I could possibly educate someone that I come across yeah. that might ask me certain questions or even stuff that I might see and I I, I want to call out people for like how do I educate people because I feel like in the past when I have educated people on matters such as race my trump card so to speak pardon the pun mm -hmm. that I use is my religion and I always bring it back to my religion and I always say look in Islam it teaches this 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 is in this you'll be accountable at the, uh, you know, on judgment day. You cannot be racist because of X, Y, and Z. And that shuts the whole argument down, especially if I'm talking to a Muslim. Do you know okay. what I mean? But then, but then, but then on the flip side, and which is why I feel like this conversation is so important, is how do I have those conversations and not bring up religion to people who are not in the religion, who might not understand the religion? Do you know what I mean? So I feel like it's really important to have all of these terms, especially when you're talking to other women and white women as well, because you can literally give them the tools necessary to, to say, okay, yeah, to have that conversation and to be like, because I can't, I can't go through every single person's vocabulary list and say what's racist and what yeah. isn't. But at least if you know what the terms are, you know what they mean, you can check yourself. And I feel like that's this so important because you need to understand the necessary, you know, language. again, tools and language that you can use and that you can't use and if you have those umbrellas and under all of those umbrellas are different terms that you can say okay that means that that means that if I say this this is problematic because of x y and z you can start to erase your problematic vocabulary mm. yourself and you can start to unlearn yeah. all of those racist terms that you say all of those microaggressions every single thing that might have been problematic in the past you can literally say okay cool this isn't what I would say to my white counterpart. So if I say it to someone of colour, what does it mean? Yeah. Can it go into any of these brackets? If it can't, then it's not racist. If it can, then it is. I think, Do you know I what I mean? And it's just checking yourself. Your, your previous point about, um, you know, about God and like religion and how that relates, it goes perfectly well with my next point that I wanted to bring up with spiritual bypassing which is another term. I don't know if you guys know what that is. No? Spiritual mm -mm. bypassing. So it's 
in spirituality to avoid or sidestep racial issues and other issues uh, like um, Allah loves all people there's no such thing as race mm. in the eyes of God and uh, and they kind of dismiss yeah so they so they which is true by the way but, but they but they use it they use it to dismiss racism yeah. in the real yeah, world I think okay. in in like the Muslim community especially like we have this problem with spiritual bypassing not just in, in the race like not just in the race conversation but also outside mm. of it you know it's like when when we like dismiss so many things about ourselves and neglect so many things by just or sidestep so many issues uh by saying things like oh alhamdulillah you know like thank god when like for example mm. if you say to somebody how are you feeling um, and they'll want to sidestep talking about that. They'll just say, oh, alhamdulillah. And it's not, a, it's not, I'm well, and it's not, I'm not well. It's just, it's just, just thank God. And yeah, we just, do that yeah. when the conversation is centered around racism as well. Um, you know, we say things like, I'm a Muslim. I can't, I can't be racist. My religion no, doesn't you can. allow racism. <laughs> oh, and you just shut no, but you're down. no, but no. Can I just no? Yeah, your, your religion, your religion, your religion, your religion doesn't allow racism, but, but your you culture can. does. Yeah. Islam yeah. doesn't allow racism, or Islam is not a racist religion. Muslims are definitely racist. Racist. Yeah. And yeah, you can I'm say just, I, God can loves I... everyone equally, and there's no such thing as race in the eyes of God. And Allah created us but all racism, equal, but which is, is true. But racism exists here. Yeah. Besides I, stepping the yeah. issue, just shutting yeah. down yeah. the conversation. Um, one mm. point I was like listening to this talk today, and it's uh the girl that you previously mentioned, Iman. Um, and the, there was a guy that she was uh, talking with, and he said, Bilal. "Yeah, Bilal." And he said, um, "When you're when you go to the mosque, when a white man converts to mm. Islam, it I takes know this him. One. It mm. takes him uh, six months, and he's leading the prayer. Yeah. When a mm. black person converts to Islam, when a black when woman a black woman converts to Islam, it takes her f- four. Uh, what did he say? Four seven years." Um, and she's still looking after the children mm. at yeah. the mosque. Yeah. And it just really yeah. hit home. And it's yeah. so, so true. And I have yeah. like a, uh, an issue as well. Obviously, like to me, Muslim is Muslim. And, you know, if, if you're a religious person, that comes before everything else for you. But again, I have a problem with this idea of we're first and foremost Muslim, that becoming a tool of erasure when we're talking about race. We are first and foremost Muslim, mm. but that doesn't erase the rest of our the rest of our identity. Mm. You know, you can't just every time somebody brings up race and Islam, just be like, "Well, the Prophet's companion, Sayyidina Bilal, was a black person." That yeah, and you can't always bring up Bilal. That you know, it's true, Islam but you can't use it. For... Islam, yeah. exactly, and our history goes beyond Sayyidina Bilal as well. Like okay, Sayyidina Bilal is a great icon, but no, that that, that doesn't mean that you get to... <laughs> there's evidence to suggest that 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 Ali as well was not yeah, white. This... Ali was Actually, Ali was black. There was, there was <laughs> yeah, I mean? like so... Imam Ali was. You you know none of our none of our like imams and prophets were white white like none of them were Let's no none of them a lot of them were black. No. Oh, listen, two thirds of the Quran, yeah, when it comes in terms of like. Uh, referencing different stories and different uh, religious figures and different important figures in Islam were either based in Africa or the figures were black. That's fact. 
so all in terms of like our islamic i mean islamic history and and the importance of black people in islam is honestly a whole other episode and yeah, deserves its exactly. own deserves its own episode but just because of how deep it is and how beautiful it is and how rich it is exactly i mean um, abyssinia but, which is like modern day ethiopia eritrea were they were one of the first places on earth it was one of the first places on earth where islam was exposed that, that was exposed mm. to islam uh, you, you know that, that is they they have yeah. they they received the message before the rest of the the yep yep, the rest yep, of yep. Asia. and i've spoken and i've spoken before again in the north africa episode i I've, i kept on referring back to that episode so if anyone wants to listen to another episode of ours i'd probably recommend to go listen to that one after if you haven't but um I've mentioned before as well, uh, Musa the first of Mali, the greatest emperor as well, and his kind of pilgrimage to Hajj and all of these amazing black leaders that are, were pioneers, mm. you know, in our religion in in the beginning of its days. When it came to even how how do people think that Islam went even into into America, West African Muslims? Mm. You know, a lot of them took Islam into America. So when you when you really, really look into it and you really deep it, you're I completely agree with you with the spiritual bypassing. I do. And I didn't actually know that that was a term that I could relate really to that, my religion. Yeah, it's really useful that these terms like mm. were coined and now we have a way of expressing these feelings that previously yeah. we didn't know how to say, like how to say exactly, yeah. microaggression i never knew that when i didn't know that word i just knew it as this niggling feeling and now there's a yeah. word for it and so we have this richness in 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 like the vocabulary in the racism conversation and it's good for us to be able to use these words to educate people but to also educate ourselves and to express ourselves better when we're talking about race mm. so i think uh just to kind of uh round up what we've been speaking about all these times now that we've kind of gone through it's so important because we've learned how to have this language and how to create a narrative around uncomfortable conversations with race mm -hmm. and i really do hope like it's been like educational and people can take these um terms and use it in their everyday lives when they're having these difficult conversations with family or with friends or even when they're sharing on social media when they're reading books when you start using it within your own vocabulary people will ask you what does that mean like tell me more and you will now like have a voice to express that and to take the conversation further so all of these terms we'll put it on our instagram page you're pretty for a podcast yp4 podcast on instagram um create a little glossary and we'll create a little glossary and we'll also list a collection of names of people that you should follow that you know are really really um important to the cause and have really helped in creating this you know podcast and learning all this terminology um and yeah i just want to say thank you guys and hello to all our new followers um and yeah we'll see you we'll speak to you guys next time thank you bye thank you bye thanks, thanks for having me <laughs> thank you for coming bye. back bye. <laughs> pleasure bye